This is CliffCentral.com. When I was just 11 years old, I unknowingly and somehow accidentally became a female advocate. See, I had been in school watching a TV show in elementary school, and um, this commercial came on with the tagline for this dishwashing liquid, and the tagline said, Women all over America are fighting greasy pots and pans. Two boys from my class said, Yeah, that's where women belong, in the kitchen. I remember feeling shocked and angry and also just feeling so hurt. It just wasn't right and something needed to be done. So I went home and I told my dad what had happened. And he encouraged me to write letters. So I did. To the most powerful people I could think of. Now, my 11-year-old self worked out that if I really wanted someone to hear me, well, then I should write a letter to the First Lady. So off I went, scribbling away to our First Lady at the time, Hillary Clinton. I um, also put pen to paper and I wrote a letter to my news source at the time, Linda Ellerby, who hosted a kids' news program, and then to powerhouse attorney Gloria Allred. Because even at 11, I wanted to cover all my bases. <laughs> Finally, I wrote to the soap manufacturer. And a few weeks went by, and to my surprise, I received letters of encouragement from Hillary Clinton, from Linda Ellerby, and from Gloria Allred. It was amazing. The kids' news show, they sent a camera crew to my home to cover the story. And it was roughly a month later when the soap manufacturer, Procter & Gamble, changed the commercial for their ivory clear dishwashing liquid. <laughs> they changed it from Women all over America are fighting greasy pots and pans to people all over America. It was at that moment that I realized the magnitude of my actions. At the age of 11, I had created my small level of impact by standing up for equality. Women need a seat at the table. They need an invitation to be seated there. And in some cases, where this isn't available, well then you know what? Then they need to create their own table. It is said that girls with dreams become women with vision. May we empower each other to carry out such vision because it isn't enough to simply talk about equality. One must believe in it. And it isn't enough to simply believe in it. One must work at it. Let us work at it.
together, starting now. Cliffcentral.com It's always the little things, isn't it? I'm not sure how to start off the show, to be honest. Um, That was an unusually long clip. But I thought that it was something that pretty much had to be done. For those of you who don't know, my name is Mapanga, and um, you're tuning to cliffcentral.com, the Urban Culture Drive, and lo and behold, it's still January. Ah, my goodness. And that squeak right there came Woo! from pretty much the, the, the deepest flame every Tuesday only. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Candice, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I need the following 24 to 48 hours to fly by. Um, why are you playing music over my chest? Because I'm setting the mood. <laughs> okay. I need the next 24 to 48 hours fly by because then we'll be in Feb for crying out loud. Can we do that? I have my own uh, prohibitions about Feb, but I'll talk about that later. Valentine's Day. So <laughs> you hit it with that. Uh, not even. It's, not even the, it's, it's deeper than that. <laughs> and always sitting in the corner, chilling in the room, analyzing everything that happens, and then stealing all the content and putting it into his PhD. Craig, what's happening? Um, is my mic on? Of course, always. I'll never, I would never. I, ca- I can't hear myself. I would, I would never do that to you. Uh, just okay, just cool. set up the levels. There's a little knob there. There's a little. Oh yeah. Uh, there uh, we go. Can you hear uh, yourself? Now, you see, the fact that I can hear myself, I feel so good. Anyway, guys, <laughs> I can imagine. You know what I mean? Just love I, the sound of your own voice. Huh? <laughs> I think that that you know that clip just sent me on a very different type of mood i got here quite hyped up because yeah. guys i'm going to bali in the next two days so Yay! uh but you know it really got me thinking about you know uh, today's conversation what we're going to be dealing with what we're going to be dealing with uh, digging deep into so i'm quite excited about that so um yeah hey i think you know it's going to be a good show yeah 100 percent. so you know, I was sitting back this week, right? And I was really thinking about what show to have this week. Mm. I had a couple of things lined up. And then literally the last minute, I pretty much switched up everything. Um, simply because, you know, where I work now, we have a couple of new grads coming in, you know? And we have this girl coming in into our team. She's a grad. And I was just sitting back in the corner just listening to her aspirations and everything that she thinks that's, you know... Uh, well, not the not, not things, but everything that she's envisioning and pretty much just planning her path out and mm. she's crossing her T's and dotting her I's. She's finding out what is the focus of the team, you know, what does success look like, blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, and you know, I thought this whole time that every time when you switched up the program, you were just, you just wanted to torture us, but yeah, hey. <laughs> he just wanted to keep us on our feet. On our feet, the whole, you know, the whole, the, the last, whole time, you know, no, yeah. not even, not even. And like, I was quite, I'm quite interested to know what sparked this yeah, specific topic. I mean, we're not in August or anything, so yeah, so what's I'm like, happening? when I saw this, I'm like, eh, it's eh, very deep. Because eh. you know why? Because there's all this, especially, especially in South Africa right now, there's all this hype over, you know, people wanting to get to work, people wanting, people needing work, right? Mm-hmm. And people wanting to get the right, to, oh, sorry, to get into the right type of corporate. And when you're a graduate, when you're an honors graduate, whether you're doing your masters, even if you're in a matric, you have this vision of being a CA or being, an engineer or a corporate giant or whatever. And I mean, are they going to work for the top four um, consultancies or are you going to work for one of the big four banks or whatever the case may be? Mm-hmm. And you have this almost, you almost suits. Yeah. You almost have the suits like vision in your mind about mm. what this thing is. Mm. And the saddest part is the thing that people never talk about is what really happens when you get there. Yeah. 
And a lot of the time, the people that are there usually never talk about it because they're too proud to talk about it. Because, I mean, you're the one that's supposed to make it, right? You had made it. I mean, you drink cappuccino every day. You have air-conditioned offices. Um, you're earning a decent salary. Uh, so it almost sounds like when you might... <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Candace. Shout, shout out to Candace. Shout out to the DA grad. <laughs> the blow is here. Please go on. This is not continue. a safe environment. Lesejo, please continue as you were. So when you, when you, you know, and I found that, and I mean, the levels of depression and stress and all that stuff, we know skyrocketing, especially in corporates. Because you pretty much keep everything to yourself, right? Um, and there's never been an, uh, an avenue where you could, where you could talk about these things. I know I'm very deep. Sometimes it happens. And last week, I think I had a very deep week. So with that being said, right, now I don't even think we're going to even have an ad break today because, I mean, the stuff that I have lined up is kind of lit. It's kind of lit. But I want to, but I mean, Craig, Candice, can you relate to what yeah. I'm saying? Um, I think ladies first. Um, yeah, absolutely. The dynamics obviously do change once you get into a corporate space um, where you quickly realize who you are. In that space, you might have preconceived notions and, you know, you might present yourself in a certain way and go, okay, Sharp, this is why I'm in Candace. I'm this, I'm, this is what I'm doing. I came to do this. These are my goals. And when you get into the space, you have to deal with patriarchy. You have to deal with Kuebes van Tonder. Shout out. Who doesn't even want you there per se, but Shout needs out. to make space for you because transformation. Yeah. And you, there's so many, plus you need to get your job done. Yeah. And you need to do it well because if you don't do it well, ish, these people also, what, you know, then you get judged for that and you put, you're put in a box already from the get go. When you get into a corporate space, you are that black girl. We'll see how it goes. I think, I think, you know, I absolutely resonate with that. But what I, my experience of moving from varsity to, uh, you know, to corporate was that Varsity has a lot of elements that, you know, they're not fitting into corporate and mm, corporate has a lot of elements that are not, that are not, you know, being, you know, the corporate are not getting it from varsity grads, you know. So that gap in itself already creates a problem because you get there and you're ambitious. You think everything is about the textbook mm. and lo and behold, you actually <laughs> have a lot to learn. So you, you know, say, so you say you're saying that universities do not adequately prepare you enough for the working absolutely, world. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the problem, you know, and that's what we're trying to to sort of, you know, navigate by changing our curriculum currently, you know, as universities. But, I mean, it's a long way to go, you know. As much as we can implement things such as work integrated learning into our curriculum, into our exit levels, the students are not where corporate want them to be, you know. So, basically, long story short, not yet Uhuru. And not yet Uhuru. Yeah. So, with that being said, guys, you know, I was like, okay, fine, we could talk amongst the three of us um, and we'd have a certain perspective. Mm-hmm. But I wanted someone from an extremely rigid uh, industry. So when I started engineering, I knew I'd never become an engineer because I knew that the industry was just far too rigid. I mean, you must go to like the middle of nowhere, go down a mine, um, geez, do, oh, just like, I don't know, be covered, covered full of coal and dust and then work for like five years and then all in your manager and then work for like 15 years and then become a senior manager and then die. And all you really want to do is be a supermodel, Liz. Oh, go to Bali. <laughs> just go, you know, guys. And travel the world. It's the simple things I want. <laughs> so I want to introduce a really good friend of mine. Um, and she's been on a show before, my previous show, but I thought, you know what, for this type of thing, I need someone with proper insight. Um, and someone who's not afraid to speak her mind. Um, and someone that we could get down to the bare bones of what it actually means to be a young black female millennial in corporate in 2018. 
Pimmel, how are you? Fine, thanks. And you just so Are you right? I'm doing great, thank you. 100%. I can see your posture there. Like, you're just so prim and proper. You're just like... <laughs> you know, that's what happens when you come from a rigid industry. Hey. <laughs> look at you. So, for yeah. those people that don't know, right? Just paint us a picture. What do you do? What are you about? So, um, I studied law. Um, I served my articles at one of the top law firms in the country. That's right. Um, it's a commercial, commercial lawyer. I got admitted as an attorney in March um, last year. And I made a very unprecedented move and I ditched law to join investment banking. Hello, look at Whoa. you. That's right. Shout out. Hey. I'm just saying Valentine's Day is coming. I love something. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there. Right. All right, go on. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, um, I ditched that. Um, I just got an opportunity on, you know, basically a recruiter from Norway just inboxed me on LinkedIn and said, yeah, I feel like you've got a very impressive profile. There's a client of mine who's looking for, um, somebody to join them at a junior level to be trained upwards, preferably somebody who does not have a commercial, mm. um, academic background. Mm. And I said, Hey, why not? And I did it. Um, Interviewed, got the offer pretty much instantly, and I have been in there. Um, I've been in corporate finance um, ever since since the first of February last year. So I'll be a year in Thursday on Thursday. So, are you allowed to say which uh, bank you're with? Yeah, no. So I'm not with necessarily a bank. I'm with yeah. a corporate finance house called Java Capital. Um, so yeah, it's a corporate finance house boutique, uh, mainly uh, predominantly working with in property. Um, securitized, securitized property, um, investments. So, so what would you call yourself? Would you still call yourself an attorney? Well, by the book, yes, because I mean, I've met all the requirements, all the re- legal requirements to become a lawyer, but, um, within the field that I'm in, I'm a corporate finance transactor. But you're an investment banker. Pretty essentially. Much. Essentially. So when you, so when you go out and you introduce yourself, right? Yeah. What do you say? Who are you? What do I you say, do? I say I'm a lawyer turned investment banker because it just sounds so much more impressive. So when you tell people that you're a lawyer and they're like, everybody's always like, wait, hold up a second. How on earth does a lawyer become an investment banker? Yeah. And that's how I always initiate conversation with strangers. So there's really one cool thing that like Candace once said and it stuck with me and I've been stealing it ever since. Yeah. So from now on, this is how you got to introduce her. You're like, yeah, um, so I'm an investment banker and I have a qualification as an attorney just for dramatic effect. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. That sounds totally. good. And I, was like, I love Sway. that. I love I'm that. Like, yes. That sounds yeah. right about right. Yeah. I love that. So listen, so let's, let's, so, I mean, quick things. Um, obviously, I mean, you've done your thing. Sure. You've done what you had to do. Um, very impressive. But why exactly did you leave law? Right. So, very simple. I could say, one, I came to the realization of who I was. Mm-hmm. I awakened to my purpose. Um, Pretty much in university and also as I was serving articles um, at a very prestigious law firm, which I still hold in very high regard and re- would, you know, um, I would really uh, push any any law student to mm. join that organization, which is Worksman's Attorneys. Um, you know, I, I, I awakened to what I believe my purpose was. Everybody would always say, Pamela, something about you is very interested. It's very interesting. You're always so interested in business people. All your mentors are business people. You love reading business magazines. And I realized that unconsciously I was suppressing my love and passion for business. Mm. So it got to a point about six months into my articles, I pretty much decided, you know what, this is not who I am. It's a great environment. I'm getting paid quite decently. I mean, two, three, four years from now, I'll still be paid in quite decently. I would have probably been promoted once, twice, twice. But 
that is not enough for me. Mm. I knew that there was something far greater that I had to do with my potential. And in order for me to become a businesswoman, in order for me to position myself, you know, in a place where I could create wealth for myself and my generation, I was very skeptical that law or practice, the practice of law mm. would be the best opportunity to leverage off mm. of that. And that's what let me know that I had to leave law for something else. So that was the challenge that I was experiencing at that point. That, But how is what I'm doing now feeding into what I see myself being, mm. you know, um, or where I see my life at 10, 15 years from now? So would you would you say that when you were in varsity, because I mean, in the beginning of your statement there, right. you said that you found your purpose. Right. So would you say that when you were in varsity studying law, you had not then found your purpose or was it, or was law perhaps what you perceived to be a purpose and you just learned more about yourself as time went on right. and then changed? So the best way I can answer that is I've always had a very good idea of what my purpose is. But what I realized about our dreams is that our dreams evolve with us if you're deliberate enough about your life. Mm. So I knew in university, the difference between university and now or last year when I had to make the decision that I did was in university, I knew I wanted to be somebody of influence. I knew that I wanted to lead. I knew that I wanted to be wealthy. I knew I wanted to be well known. I knew that I wanted to be a person of impact, mm. but I had no idea around the specifics of mm. how that would materialize. Mm. Whereas now when I was like 23, 24, and I was at the, at, out of university and now in the real world where the scales pretty much fall off your eyes mm. and you get, get to meet people, network with people and you're exposed to an environment where you realize, so, oh, X, Y, Z is actually what it takes to make it in life. It's not necessarily cumming your degree because many people have cumbed their degrees and just working average jobs, living average lives, you know. So once I got exposed to so much more when I started working, that world is what assisted me to find the specifics around what I believe to mm, be my purpose. Mm, so mm. being a person of influence, what did that mean for me at 24, 25? I knew I wanted to lead, but lead in business. I didn't know that when I was in varsity. Mm. I knew that I wanted to have influence and have impact, but I knew now I know the space in which I wanted to do it in, you know? Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry, right. I can see that Chris, I mean, Craig wants to say, hi, <laughs> I'll kill you with that. Anyway, uh, you know, for those of you who are not actually, well, I don't know if you're not live streaming with us, um, you can actually follow me on Craig's Fiso on Facebook just to see what we're talking about or Evan hashtag Evan Culture's Life and just, you know, tweet mm. your lives away. Um, but anyway, I just want to actually just say something about Pamela. What I'm seeing is that she's a very strong, independent woman. Absolutely. Um, and uh, her physique as well, you know, just uh, exudes a lot of that. And you see that in a lot of this strong corporate individual. So there are two things that you said that struck me. Um, I'm an academic uh, by background. I studied finance and I wanted to get into investment banking. You know, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. But then... Over time, and this is what I thank God about my life, is the fact that, you know, God will move you from one area. I mean, I'm a very spiritual being as well. Right, right. To where you're supposed to be. And I'm so, I, I actually found that moving, the fact that you found your purpose. Yeah. I accidentally found my purpose. It wasn't my intention to be an influencer, to right. blow so much on Insta. Sure. Or to actually teach and um, young individuals. And I just want to know, how did that come about? When did this spark for wanting, you know, to follow your purpose? Because a lot of people struggle to know that. Right. How did that happen? Yeah. So there isn't one specific day with which it helps. I think the difference is the mindset and the attitude with which you live your life. 
when you live your life deliberately, deliberately, everything that you do, when you are conscious and deliberate about your growth, whether it's spiritual, whether it's psychological, emotional, academic, whatever it is, there's absolutely no way, as people say, the universe or God will not meet you halfway. The biggest problem I've noticed with people is that People say with their mouths, oh, I wish I could do this, I wish I could do that, or I'm looking for my purpose, but you're living your life like you're succumbing to fate every day. Oh I goodness. see, absolutely. Okay. So wow. I get that. And then would you say that right now, specifically you being a young, black, independent woman who yeah. clearly has a lot to offer, right? what would you say would be your responsibility in terms of giving back to those who you feel like they, or, you know, to young girls who are in Benoni, in Itwatwa. Sure. I mean, I mean, I'm part of that whole change right, right. now where I'm inspiring the right. youth. And believe me, there's a lot of people that would like to just, not just to get anything, not for, I'm not talking about money or anything, right. just to listen to your story. Sure. Would you say that you would be interested or would you be doing stuff like that where you'd be giving back? And if you want to do that, how would you go about that, being in the position that you're in? Yeah. Look, if you wanna, if you wanna press my right buttons, Ask me to do something for young people And I'm there Oh lovely I'm there Right now as we speak I'm working towards Getting funding for five matriculants We just matriculated With like minimum four distinctions each Wow I speak sometimes Before I go to work in the morning I'll go to a school And speak at their assembly first Before I drive to work Whatever it takes I'm available on Facebook On WhatsApp I've got tons and scores of young people Who've made contact with me And I try my absolute best to always respond to a message, to always give the advice. Whatever it is that I can do, I try to do it. And surprisingly enough, people, you know, there's a bit of an attitude towards also this whole giving back or um, plowing into the community or impacting young people. A lot of people, if you've noticed, really scoff at that. Like, oh, come on, you guys think you're going to change the world. But you know what is interesting? A lot of the remarkable people who've noticed me, who've mentored me, who now know my name, people of influence, made me in a space when I was doing something for young people. Absolutely. Wow. absolutely. So even within that space is the platform for you to market and brand yourself. Absolutely. When I met Lesoho, we accidentally were at the same event for a group of grade 10 to grade 12 students. Look at where the relationship has come now. Lesoho and I very well could be doing, or should I say will be doing deals together 10 years from now maybe. Yeah. yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Shout but out. it came hey, but it <laughs> came from that platform of impacting people. Mm. It's absolutely impossible to plow into the lives of other people and not get anything in absolutely. return. Absolutely. It's not possible. Amazing. No, thanks. You, you know what you you're preaching, fam. Yeah, <laughs> you're an incredible woman. Um, it's amazing. I actually just want to jump in there. I want to ask you, um, when you did make that transition from yeah. being an attorney to um, you know, switching over to finance. Sure. There must have been some form of fear involved. Didn't you feel, oh my goodness, am I going to do this? And also, once you got into the investment space, um, did you jump right into it? Did you flourish immediately? Or were there certain things that you had to learn? So let me put it bluntly. Mm. When I got to my new job mm-hmm. in corporate finance, I knew zero. Wow. I wow. mean zero. Like when I say zero, I mean zero. The most basic concepts Mm. that people with finance degrees, economics, whatever, knew academically, that's where I started. I ordered and I bought a corporate finance for dummies book, investing in shares for dummies book. That's how low the level was when I started last year compared to what I know now. 
Sure. Remember what I said about being deliberate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was in this. And luckily, I work in a very in an incredible environment where they said, we knew we are hiring somebody who has zero finance background. Mm-hmm. And we know you know nothing. But it's such a supportive environment. It's mm-hmm. such an environment where you can ask any question of your choice. But I was never double-minded about the fact that the responsibility lay in my hands predominantly because you to develop myself and to know all yeah. of that. Because also, investment banking is very fast-paced. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, nobody's going to sit down with you like every day for an hour to explain like what is like an authorized share capital. Like, Do, yeah. do you get what yeah. I mean? And so that responsibility rested on me to do that. And though I've come far in the last 10 or 11 months, I still have an incredibly long way to go. And I still utilize a lot of my weekends to self-educate, to read my dummies books, to Google, to go on Investopedia, to learn all these concepts. Because, I, you know, I remember I wrote, I wrote it down last year. I said, I might start off looking like I'm the tail, but I've got no doubt in my mind I'll be one of the best a few years from now. Absolutely. It all just takes self-development. Wow. And you also just made a point about, was I scared? Mm. I won't say I was scared, but I was anxious. Wow. And apart from that, Maybe what you should have asked me was what sacrifices were involved mm. in making that jump. The first sacrifice that had to be made was that I had to take a pay cut. Fam. Mm. Hold Damn. up. I'm going to drop Damn. the music for Damn. that one. Just <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey. Yeah. So I went from what I was earning at Worksmith, which was pretty decent for a candidate attorney and intern, the equivalent of a graduate intern. And they said, we want you to join us. We really like it. I mean, I interviewed, say, like today. I got the offer tomorrow. Yes. That's how much they loved it, you know. And I wasn't the first person to interview. And they said, we want to invest in you, but we're going to cut off your salary. Because basically you come in as a grad all over again, you know. Mm. And they said, but it's in with this space moving forward where you will, I mean, five years from now, five, ten years from now, your peers in practice will not even be able to catch up with you financially. You, you know, so sometimes, sorry, I'll, I'll just give you a moment now. So, I took the opportunity because I understand the law of trade-off. That sometimes you have to take what you don't want in order to end up with what you really want. Sometimes it has to look like you've taken two, three step backs in order to take ten forward. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, okay, no, absolutely. I, I do resonate with you on that. Okay. You know what? It's been 30 minutes into the show. I think I've literally said like 10 words. <laughs> Sorry, listen. Because you know, when people are dropping <laughs> knowledge, all you all you gotta do really just sit uh, back, just sit back and be like, oh, okay, oh, all right, okay, <laughs> okay, knowledge, yeah. knowledge. Um, yeah, because I think a lot of the time we think that we know stuff until you listen to someone else has been in a very different perspective and you learn so much more. So you know what I think you want to do, guys? Because it's been a lot. We want to take a, a quick break, right? Probably about this two minutes. We'll make it really, really quick. And then when I cut back, and when we cut back, we're really going to dig into how you've essentially been into two industries now, right? And there are some nuances, right, that we want to find out exactly um, how did you deal with them, especially the ones that deal with patriarchy and racism because it's not dead, because we're not the rainbow nation, no. and because it's here, right. and it's not just living, but it's thriving. Sure. It is what it is, guys. And long story short, I mean... T- when you when you when you when you're getting knowledge dropped on you like we are today, I mean, you have no time to be listening to. Should we call them? Should we call them non? Should we call them non corporate? English gone. English gone. You know, I'm just puffering. Let me just shut up, Craig. You want to say something to say? 
No, 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 I just think that, you know, today's show is really, it's just getting me high. Eh? I mean, this chick is just, she's on that. Yeah, we like her. You know I think I mean? you should stay. Like, should stay. <laughs> I think you should, I think you should. I'd love to stay. Yeah, I think she can switch to another industry. <laughs> no, I mean. Are you ready for radio? Would you be comfortable with this? Oh, God. <laughs> I'd need to think about that a little bit. Mm. So listen up. So Pamela, mm. um. I love your energy. I love your vibe. I love the the the, the constant focus, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Yeah. But all I know is that you are very much in my books. When we look at the industry and elephant in the room. Sure. So I mean, before I did this, right? Uh, I wanted to do some research. Uh, Bain and Company love those guys. I wasn't going to go to McKinsey because you can't trust anything they say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually, yeah. have a friend that works for McKinsey. Shade. Shade. <laughs> So, I mean, um, so I, I got a couple of stats, right? From right. A, a research study that, um, mm. Bain and, and Bain and company did in South Africa. And it's, and it's very tough to find these reports. And it's around equality in the workplace, you know, equality versus equity and all that type of stuff. And I mean, the very first one actually is, I find it very interesting, right? So the very first topic was, um, and this is the phrase, right? I aspire to reach top management position. People in non-management uh, positions, right? 48% of the males said yes, and 58% of the females said yes. So non-existent non-management positions, it seems like females are more ambitious, right? And then when you get to junior management, right, it then becomes 66% male, right, and then 68% female, right. But once you get to senior management, it then switches up, yeah, because now the men. Start to pull ahead Right And then it becomes a matter of 83% men Men while 82% female Sure Why is that? Why do you think that is? It has a lot to do with it Um, There are also tons of social factors involved in it Now, another way we could put it and say It's a known fact that females by far outperform males um, In university Women graduate far more in numbers. I know there's there's more of, of us in numbers naturally, but we graduate a whole lot more, far more likely to complete our degrees in record time than men. But when it comes to pay disparity, when it comes to mm. those stats five, ten years from now, that is not reflected mm-hmm. in the ratios. Gonna... Sorry. Look yeah. at me. I can attest to that. I can't even press a button. <laughs> I'm just getting that wrong. And, yeah. I've, and I've been getting my ass kicked by girls from primary right no, through to university. Top two, right. top three has always been girls. Right. And then I feature their ones and they're like, oh, that's cute. And they thrash me again. Yeah. Right. And they just keep going. Yeah. I, I think, you know, just to summarily answer your question, th- there are a lot of social issues. Um, first of all, it's still, we cannot deny that the manner in which males and females that are raised from a young age does not impact the kind of adults we become. Mm-hmm. We cannot sit here and pretend like it does not affect our ambition and or it does not curtail our ambition to a certain extent. That's the first thing. And that's where really patriarchy comes in mm. because we completely underestimate the power of the of the statements that mm. we make to little girls, the statement mm. that we make to little kids. I mean, you'll hear people say things like, oh, girls will say things like, oh, I love to write, or girls love writing and boys love counting. Absolutely not. The mm. human brain is the human brain. It knows no gender. Everything is taught. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? For, but for, for, we got, for me, sorry, I just want to come in there, but for me, yeah. what's so scary is that all the stuff, patriarchy, you're talking about how you raised, right? right? It all infiltrates the subconscious. Absolutely. So you don't even know how... It brainwashes you your soul. Yeah. 
Yeah. It literally penetrates the depths of mm-hmm. your soul. You said mm-hmm. something about being a spiritual person. It affects the extent mm-hmm. of the things you feel you can ask of God. Sure. Wow. That's what it is, essentially. And that is why a lot of women like me who rise up and say, no, we're not going to be that. We want what you have too mm-hmm. because we believe we're equals. That's why there's a tensity, sometimes subtle, sometimes blatant, to mm. frown, socially frown. On women like us Because we are going against the grain mm-hmm. We refuse mm-hmm. to be sold the lie mm-hmm. Of patriarchy that, that, is th- that a particular place is where we belong Because we believe Like I believe that No, but I chart my own destiny mm-hmm. I chart my own course I get to decide what happens with my life I decide as a woman what happens to my body I decide as a woman When I want to get married Society does not do that for me I don't have an expiry date mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want Whenever I want to do it So that's one reason. Another reason I really believe is, you know, corporate is a very hostile environment. Mm. Hello. Yep. Corporate is extremely (laughs) hostile. And looking again back to the way women are are raised as well, that, you know, we talk, we have to be polite and you have to, you know, be nice and, you know, accepting, smile. Don't really say what you feel. Don't really say what you think, you know, and, you get to corporate and you realize, nah, bruh, corporate is yeah. wrestling, WWE. Corporate <laughs> is like, no, it's right. a contact sport. German yeah. suplex. Yeah, it, it's a contact sport. And women in corporate are sitting and are watching. And they see women who are ahead of them. They see the things that they go through. And women begin to sit down with themselves and say, you know what? Yeah, I want success, but not beyond that point. Because mm, mm, mm. they've mm. seen what happens to women who goes beyond the particular yeah. point. Would you say that, um, with, you know, with my experience, I've, yeah. I've had uh, different kinds of leadership, but right. one was woman and one was a man. And I see it that, uh, the guys are a lot more chilled. When Absolutely. It comes to management. Right. Would you say that the women are a lot more, because they have a lot more point to prove, you know, they have yeah. to prove themselves, the fact that yeah. they're still women, yeah. they're black in some instances. So there's been a lot of talk on that. I love to watch um, panel discussions of like very successful women throughout the world. There's a lot of uh, talk around that. Um, and actually one of my mentors who's like, you know, a former JSC, a former CEO of a JSC listed company was telling me that she also initially started out like that being, you know, everybody was, there was a disciplinary hearing in her team like every week, mm, mm. you know, like she I, was, I, I know crazy. exactly who you're talking yeah, about. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, it was just crazy. Mm. And she said, but she realized, her, you know, when she got home, she was just so exhausted. Your mm. spirit just gets tired mm. from being so combative towards people before, yeah. because you feel that you need to prove Constantly that point. You, prove you know, yourself. so yeah. that's one of the reasons absolutely why, you know, and I think also another thing is pain. Maybe not so much proving a point. But as a woman in corporate, you go through so much. The rejection, the constant rejection, the constant belittling, the constant everything. Harassment. You cannot absolutely harassment as well. Mm. We cannot sit here and pretend like that thing does not affect your soul, mm. does not affect your emotions. Mm. So a lot of what is being portrayed as well by a lot of women who are in leadership positions is that hurt and that pain, mm. you know. And there's a self defense mechanism as well because there are also some women who are in leadership positions who, when they have a male subordinate, mm. they appear to be nicer or a little bit easier yeah. with the male subordinate, mm. but somehow. Even if the mm. female subordinate has done nothing, just the, the relationship from the get-go yeah. is already just, hostile. you know, very hostile and yeah. very mm. tense. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm. So, you know, so you don't want a situation where you, you know, you feel like, let, let me put it this way. 
as well on that point. Uh, you know, one of my favorite author, one of my favorite authors, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, she says something so powerful. She says, we teach girls, we teach females to be competitors. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily competitors of wealth creation, not competitors of degrees, not competitors of excellence. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, we teach women to compete for men or mm-hmm. male attention. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the way it is from a young age. Mm-hmm. And as you grow up, that competitive nature, that the, the, the behavior of seeing another female as a threat, somebody who's here to take something away from you, that thing has been it's instilled in your subconscious from the time you were a child. Mm. Because in high school, the pretty girl got dated by all the guys. Mm. All of these are enormous social factors that inf- infiltrate into the way, into the nature of what corporate has become for women. So, yeah, let's go. I think you're my spirit animal. Because <laughs> that is one of my favorite quotes as well. Right. Um, I don't know. Is it some music? the Beyonce music? Yeah, it is. It is. But I mean, that's such a, because the only thing, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm quite easy going, but the only thing that really gets me is this facade. Right. That is 2018. You know, Pamela's a millennial. Sure. Mm-hmm. The world is a better place. Yeah. You know? For me, I feel like society, especially in South Africa, I think we all need therapy. I think yeah. we're a society that's been shot by, that's been shot by machine guns and shotguns. Yeah. And all we did was put plaster over it. Yeah. Absolutely. And we think we it's going to fix it. Absolutely. We never healed. Never. And for me, because I mean, you're talking and, and like, it's literally, and I mean, you're hitting the nail on the mm-hmm. head. Right. The fact that you're right. You can feel like a female exec. She'll be cool to listen. Right. Oh yeah. Absolutely. But she'll be so hard on Candace. Yeah. Right. For yeah. no particular reason. Candace didn't do yeah. anything. And Candace probably does her job very well. And very surprisingly, your job, your work quality might be a little bit weaker than hers. Because remember also, girls are is. trained, yeah. Mm. Because remember, girls also are trained from a young age, a young age to strive for perfection. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. every time you do something, you make sure that it's really hundred, it, it, hundreds. It infiltrates into every aspect of who you are. Another very interesting point I want to touch on this whole before you, you move on to, to whatever you want to move on to is that women also don't have support. And let me tell you why I say that. Mm. You might think, okay, viva. Black people, let's stand together, unity, transformation, whatever. Mm. Very interesting. Black men in corporate and black men in in business mm. are extremely territorial. I know extremely that. Extremely territorial. I know that. A black woman is mm. far more likely to for a door to be opened to her mm. by a white male mm. than oh, for sure. a black man. Booyah. And wow. that is the story of all my mentors who are female, incredibly successful, incredibly wealthy. They got to where they are right now because of white men. Man. Do you know what I found? Right. And you, you, literally, you're speaking straight into my soul. So I was always hired. I mean, I was, I was drafted from varsity and yeah. I've always been in this, you know, they call it the, the, the black boys club. Sure. Cause in corporate, you know, you'd have, you know, the, you always have these white Jewish guys and always be yeah, that circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you always have the black boys and it would be that circle. Absolutely. And it's always black boys, never a female. Yeah. But I found though that with, with them, right, with, with the black boys, it was always a matter of the guy on top always wanted to be the guy on top. Sure. I've never found a single scenario where one black guy takes another black female that's below him Never. and throws him above himself Never. or throws her above himself. Right. Right. It's always a matter of yes, you can progress, but as long as you're still under me. Absolutely. Yeah. The power dynamics must stay intact. That's mm-hmm. the men- that's the mentality. Whereas women like me are saying, No, 
power must be redistributed. Mm. Mm. That's what we're saying fundamentally. Mm. And let us not behave like black people don't have cultures and tribes and traditional uh, um, indoctrination. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do. And you would be silly to believe that as a black person, you are not walking into the workplace with all those things perfectly intact in your mind. 100%. See, here's the thing about being progressive. Mm. Being progressive is deliberate. Mm-hmm. It's a decision. Mm-hmm. You you don't you don't get to exist in a particular space and think you will automatically behind be, be that. You don't, you can sleep for three years inside a garage. You'll never be a car. Mm-hmm. That's just the way that it is. And the man the men who really the black men who really do take black women who are in positions of power have the networks, mm. have the resources, mm. have the money, mm. and have the power. Mm. Mm. To do, to open a door for a black female mm. and actually do do that. Mm. They are black men who are deliberate about their progressive mentality. Yes. So look at men like, so going back to my initial question where I was being asked, why did I change from law to this? So I remember, um, Sim Chabalala, who's the CEO of Standard Bank. I'm Lisa Hossi, or, um, he's also a lawyer. Let me switch off my mic real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Go on, go on. Yeah. So who's, um, you know, who's also a lawyer. And he said, whilst I enjoyed the principles of law, I never enjoyed the practice of law. Mm. And the more I watched and listened to the, in, to that man's interviews, I get the impression that he's somebody to an extent who is deliberate enough about trying to put, pull, push people forward, whether by gender, whether by race. Mm. It's a deliberate action. Mm. And you know what? It's just so much easier and so much, so much more comfortable for us to just sit in our biases. Yeah. yeah. And in our prejudices. Yeah. It, it really doesn't require work. I mean, we're busy enough. We're stressed. We're depressed. We, we're anxious. Who needs to take on something else? Mm. You know? But I think maybe then the solution becomes what's the, what's the, what's the solution for you as a black woman? Don't give up. It's extremely tiring. Keep sowing your seed. Mm. Keep sowing your seed because you don't know which ground it will fall on yeah. that will actually yield the fruit. Yeah. I never imagined that the people that I have in my circle today were people. I thought maybe I'll need to work 10 years in Yana mm. before X could even know my name. And damn, here I am like I've been working just for three years and I've been able to accomplish that. And another thing I realized also is that people might start off hostile with their prejudices and biases perfectly intact. About who you are But Whether we like it or not People gravitate Towards competence mm. Mm. Eventually A white person Doesn't have to go through The eventually process But let's accept It is what it is That's what we have to do As black people That's what I have to do As a woman It's double jeopardy For me But I, and another thing I realize is that It's not that people Don't see you For who you are It's not that they Don't see you Like what Lesoho said Black men, a lot of black men have seen me for who I am, but they'd rather, they'd, they'd rather be damned than to see me through their hands being ahead of them. Even though, you know what, invariably I will end up ahead of them. Yes, girl. Yes, girl. Miguel, yes. yes. You, you don't vineyard give up. owner. Vineyard owner. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> Shade. Shout out, girls with uh, banks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I just feel like that's just that you just have to keep going. And let your work be what it is. Keep sowing your seed. Don't stop. Pamela, and I want to, I want to ask this question because I'll be, I'll be honest. Sometimes I do feel a bit of survivor's guilt. Okay. And I'll be brutally honest because, um, 
I'm good at what I do. Right. But because I am male right. and I'm in a certain circle, mm-hmm. there are certain privileges that do fall on my lap. And you sound Absolutely. and speak a certain way. And I do sound and speak a certain way because I'm from Benoni, son. Hello. <laughs> but, uh, and that's my thing is that I sit back, you know, in a cafeteria or whatever, and I see brilliant young black women who have never been raised in an environment that could cultivate their confidence. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the little things. What Steve McGuire said the other day, he yeah. says, you know, um, there's no value in good ideas. Sure. There is value in, an, in the attitude and discipline to execute good ideas. Right. And for me, I, I do feel a bit of survivor's guilt because I see these brilliant young black females. Mm-hmm. And I just want, you know, when you want to grab someone and just shake yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You just want to shake them and be like, My okay, life like, every day. Go oh, there yes. and just kick ass. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you can't, but like, you know, and I'm, maybe I'm still learning, but for me, it's a breath of fresh air when I hear Pamela because there are very sure. few Pamelos. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Extremely few. Yeah. But now how do you get through to that young black female? Right. To say, I just need you. <sighs> and I hate saying that, but yeah, excuse sure. the pun, yeah. but I just need you to just grow a pair. Yeah. No, definitely. And also, and, and, and in conjunction with that, what do you say to the young female who goes, okay, well, if I have to sleep with someone to get to the top, um, if that's what it takes, that's what I'll do. Don't what do, do you it. say to that? Not at all. Don't do it. Okay. There you have it, Slay well, Queens of Santin. Santin, I hope you're listening. It can never be worth it in the long run. Um, listen, you know, I got to a point where I said to myself, I just don't care anymore. I yeah. don't. Yeah. The gloves are off. Whoever has to hate me has to hate me. Yeah. Because also a very interesting dynamic, and Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie spoke about this again, that we raise young women to believe that likability is important. Mm. It's really not. Mm. In corporate, it's not. It's not. There are a lot of business people whose guts we absolutely hate, but whose business acumen we're in absolute awe of. And people always talk in corporate about, no, no, you got to network. Right. And you need people to like, like you. Yeah. You can't be fighting with everyone. Right. Oh my gosh, you're causing so much friction. No, kumbaya. Not, not at all. But what they're saying what, and I'm what happens done, is not the same. I'm mm. done with like psychological yoga and like, you know, taking a deep breath and just letting it go. Who saw? Who saw? I am who I am. Yeah, okay. that's Do it. The gloves are off. Mm. And you know what? Again, guys, I have made my choices. Mm-hmm. I've made my choices about my career. I've made my choices about my life. Nobody has to like them. Mm-hmm. The choices have been made. Mm. And one way or the other, I have to get there. One way or the other, I will get there. Well, yeah. Would you say that uh, women who are in strong, powerful positions such as you, yeah. I mean, I know a couple, a couple actually in my circle, who are strong in their black and their yeah. woman, they end up marrying white successful Yay. men. So, oh my word, I had that discussion with somebody last wow. week. I, I mean, it's such a trend. Serena Go to Rosebank, guys. Go to Ro- Serena Williams. Hey. Hello. Hey. Serena. <laughs> so, so, why would that be, guys? Why would that be? Let's engage. I'm trying to, Let's trying go to, back. I'm trying to join the two. Yeah. Let's go back to what to you what said, said about, about giving someone a shot. Not only that. No, no, it's even deeper than that. Yes. The way black men are raised. Mm-hmm. See, the interesting thing is, some decades ago, there was an expectation for women not to work, stay at home, mm-hmm. and the guy does the whole thing. Mm-hmm. See, but the problem with the world modernizing, inflation, and the how guys, let's accept making money is hard. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> making money is hard. It's really hard, right? 
at first, the initial preference was you stay at home, you behave yourself, the guy does it. But now, um, there's a very interesting dynamic because black men, men across the board agree. Except mm-hmm. if you are like a white and filthy rich white mm. guy, like obviously your wife can stay at home. But for the rest of us, black men across the board agree. Women must work Because making that paper ain't easy boo mm-hmm. It ain't easy You really do need that next salary mm-hmm. But the problem is this Black men want black women to work But still do all the other traditional things Overhead You see you can't have your cake and eat it You need to pick a struggle Do you get what I mean? So you still want your wife Who's bringing home the good bonus But she must still act like your grandmother so you must still do things like your grandmother did mm-hmm. it. It's not going to work. And not only that, remember, we are a wounded race where our young men in so many ways, whether it's just on the street, in the community, or even in the homes, where we, they literally grew up males beating females, talking terribly mm, to them. Yeah. Black men, really, let's be honest, do believe... Let me put it to you this way. I was, I was at a garage the other day to poor Petra. I just decided to give myself a snack. It was the most beautiful thing. Okay. It was the most beautiful thing. I saw um, a black man married to a white woman um, with two beautiful, obviously, biracial kids. Mm. And I said to myself in my mind, damn, this woman is like you because she by far has a far easier ride than what if that man was married to a black woman. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's the yeah. way that it is. Do you know what so, you're painting? Yeah. You're painting that whole caption that um, um, pain and suffering is the face of a black woman. Absolutely. So, I mean, let's go back to what Serena Williams said. I know we don't have a lot of time. Serena Williams said blatantly said, but you've dated so many black guys. Mm. How did you end up marrying a white tech geek? Mm. And I'll never forget one line. She said, um, Alexis has definitely treated me far better than all the black boyfriends I've ever had. Mm. Whoa. Drop smike. Okay. Okay. You know what? We're going to leave it there. Um. Shucks, guys. Les is your eager bruise, bruh. But I, look, for the record, I know we're going off air. I want to get married to a black man. I yeah. think that would be the most beautiful thing. Yeah. Okay. So if you know guys who are progressive, they're great, they're cool. <laughs> hey, man, I'm available 10 years from now. Oh. You know, and, and, and listen, Ari's going to kill me because like, we're going over time, but he'll be strong. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're so right. Yeah. And it's very tough for us as black males to check our privilege. Mm. It's the toughest thing in the world. Because you were saying all of that, but in my mind, I was literally thinking that black men want you to go to work and work, right? And get a bonus and get a good bonus. Sure. But you, you, you better make sure your bonus is not as good as mine. Absolutely. Mm. There still needs to be the hierarchy. Absolutely. Yeah. You must still maintain it. And white men don't have that problem. They don't. One of the directors, one of my directors at work, we were just having a conversation. We were talking about marriage or whatever. And he said that um, a whole chartered accountant, mm-hmm. tons of investment banking experience. Yeah. Um, he was married for six years before they had uh, kids. Yeah. They had two kids. He said he chose he chose to be a stay at home dad for two years. Oh, deep. All right. There you have it. As a Zulu man, you will fall. House white for who for You know what, Pamela? It's always a pleasure having you here. Thank I think so I think we need to make this a regular thing. Absolutely. I think we need to blow this up a lot bigger. Because for me, I think. Just not, not not even black female. I just think black boys, black black people, are just not exposed to things that we we were exposed to. Yeah, I think that um, our society is is us. <sighs> Let me just shut up, Craig. Yeah. What's the last words, fam? And then Candice, and then Pema, and then we're out. Thanks, Pam, for this. This really is going to inspire my students. I'm right. going to make them listen. Thank you. Thank you. You so are much. incredible. I am in all, guys. I have nothing to say.
This woman is great. <laughs> I'm just gonna shut. I'm just gonna shut up and play this because clearly. Central.com.